Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Uh, on top, Roseanne tried to tee it up, but the puck tipped off his neck. Oh, Big comeback win for the Amherst last night, scoring three times in less than three minutes in the game's final six minutes with a heavy emphasis on the kids, which seems to be a storyline that we can't get away from. And I don't think anybody wants to get away from Marty Baron here on Sabres Live. This is, um, you know, kind of how it's been evolving the last couple of years. Zach Benson earning a spot with the team right out of camp. And all the guys that were knocking on the door seemingly in the summertime either pre- or post-Jack Quinn injury, are off to pretty decent starts, uh, you know, in Rochester, some injuries notwithstanding, you know, like Linus Weisbach being out. But uh, it all kind of ties in with the storyline of the day, given that uh, Buffalo is preparing for New Jersey tomorrow, and Zach Benson doesn't look like he'll be in the mix based on line configurations today. Well, I was going to start with saying the kids are all right, and I think that maybe goes into your um kind of hobby duffer because as i googled it it's a 1979 film about the english rock band the who so i'm yes. thinking that's like duffer's wheelhouse the music and I was all this at the kids are all right 25th tour 25th anniversary tour at exhibition stadium in toronto for the who that was in 2004 no my gosh dude the who was around in the 60s Oh, I was going to say anniversary because, was 1990. Okay, I, I thought you meant like because the movie was in 79, so I thought they did something 25 years later right. to say, "Hey, let's." So I, that's why I was like 2004 from 79. But anyway, we're less than two minutes in. Our You've math attempted is all wrong. math. You've attempted math. That's not good because we know that not to be good collectively. We're going to attempt more math later because we are going to talk about suspensions and all of that with uh, Darren Dreger. There's yeah. a big breaking news this morning with Shane Pinto. We'll talk about it later, but mm -hmm. I was going to start with the kids are all right because they are all right in Rochester. Um, the kids are not so much all right in Buffalo because as you mentioned, Zach Benson is the extra at practice today. Uh, Tyson Jost is on the line and Devin Levi is not on the ice. So it's kind of the, okay, the kids are not all right in Buffalo, but um you know, I think we can we can 
guarantee that you know there's going to be some moving parts here over the next couple of weeks when it comes to you know the roster the guys in Rochester who's performing who's not performing where is Buffalo at they've won you know what is it three of the last five Mm -hmm. so you're looking at it saying hey things are trending the right direction now let's take a look at the next five game segment and where we are so yeah the kids are all right in Rochester and you were there to see it uh, one of the few that uh, went there on a, on a Wednesday night. I didn't see everything. Uh, despite my enhanced contact lenses, I felt like I stubbed my toe on a few uh, analysis plays. But uh, I thought as the game went along, uh, like the Amherst, I got uh, you know a, a little bit better around the net and uh, and ultimately had a good night. I, I What's always with their games with this year, by the way? They start on fire and then cool off or cool no, no. Uh, the start and pick up afterwards? Well, I mean, they, no, they, they actually typically fall behind. That's kind of, yeah, that's what it is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And three of their wins anyway. And, um, so it, 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 last night was just, it was, you know, um, special teams trouble from a penalty kill standpoint to put them in a deficit of three to one. They, they were playing a very low chance game, um, which speaks to, I think, pretty good attention to detail defensively for them. Um, but they only had four shots on goal in the second period. So they're down three one. They weren't generating a lot around Spencer Knight, which you kind of figured would be a challenge if and when they did. And that proved to be true for the first dozen minutes of the third period. Knight was very good. Um, but I just loved the, um, and you, you talk about this a lot when you analyze any offensive play is center lane net drive. Yeah. And I thought, um, actually one of the best examples of it through the course of the game was Nikita Novikov, um, who had another very strong performance, but Following the defenseman's lead, a lot of the forwards did exactly what they needed to do in the third period. And so you had two kind of cross-crease plays, one that resulted in a, in a Kulik goal, the other one in a Kisikoff goal. And then after a face-off win by Kulik and a scramble, to say the least, a spin-around shot from Isaac Roseanne turns out to be the game winner. And he, I uh, think it was the Kisikoff goal that had not just one net drive, there was multiple net drives. Like there was two in the middle and one back door. Yeah. So they had just had the back door finish from Kulik. And then on the, on the Kisikoff one, Stillman was back door, but you're right. There was another Emmerich on the other side of Kisikoff. And I still don't know, based on the kind of muted celebration from all of them, I think it went off Casey Fitzgerald, quite frankly. So the goal, the goal might someday uh be given to lucas rusak but um honestly it doesn't really matter the point was how they were getting there and um yeah i thought it was it was well earned uh obviously a talking point going in which ties in with the theme here was it was matt savoy's first game he picks up his first professional point he had appeared of course in two playoff games last year (laughs) but this was his first regular season ahl game set up the captain nicely for the Amherst's first goal on the power play. And this was after, Marty, the line of Savoy, Roseanne, and Kulik had already been on the ice for a goal against. But yeah, there they was were dash no, one. There, there was no hesitation from the coaching staff to put them right back out there. Oh, and by the way, Vinny Prospel wanted to send his best. Oh. I had a chance to catch up with him after. He's like, hey, Marty! <laughs> you know, so, and then, oh, you're not going to believe this. What did we talk about yesterday when Razor was on as it pertained to Amherst's legacy? His picture down the uh, hallway. It's the first the picture at the top of the stairs. No. Is Rob Ray going down into the dungeon. Unbelievable. It's, 
Well, that's because it's to like I, let you know. Lie. My heart, my heart sank when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's probably to say, look, you can take one step and you can be here, or if you go all the way down, you can see everybody. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be Rob Ray or do you want to be all the other legends? That's basically what it is. Because if you if you finish at the bottom of the stairs with Razor, you're like, why the hell did I come down all the way right to well, be what? Well, but in all honesty, you would say, look, if you work your way this far, 900 games in the NHL. Like, nah, that's true. That is a uh, pretty, pretty good uh, example, right? You know, all things considered. So oh, listen, we joke with Razor or whatnot, but, um, everywhere you, you, you go and you talk to former players of Rob Ray or, you know, a, a, like opponents of Rob Ray and juniors in the American League and the NHL, they say, man, like that guy, he worked so hard. He was scary. Yeah. He did this, did that. Like he, well, he made was scary it, as he, a teammate. Just ask Mike Wilson. He's still scarred to this day by him. So. Ask Eric Rasmussen. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember Razor trying to get to me. One game, I got called up to play the Dallas Stars in Buffalo in 98-99. And oh, I'm in the year. locker room before the game. And yeah, that was a good year. I beat the Stanley Cup, the eventual Stanley Cup champions that year. But anyway, I'm sitting in the locker six. room. And yeah, I didn't go into game six. Um, I was sitting in the locker room before this game in February, I think, against or maybe January against um, the Dallas Stars. And Razor, you know, looks over the the the, the starting lineup and he goes, huh. Marty, you're starting. Wow. I hope you can overcome this one. Like the one you overcame in Pittsburgh on your first NHL game, meaning like he's like dig- digging, right? Digging at me. He's testing me. And I went out and won. If you were able to respond to Razor's like comments and, and, and you didn't have to respond by being a, a smart aleck or whatnot. You just had to go out there and work and do your job. And, and then there was a couple of players and Mike Wilson was one of them. Eric Rasmussen was another. There was Brian Campbell for the, for a little bit was one of those guys too where like razor would say something and they would just crumble and like razor was trying to be that teammate and that 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 mentor and i was like look if it's not me it's going to be somebody else it's going to be somebody on the ice it's going to be the other team they're going to take you apart so anyway um i'm glad that razor did that for me because i was like hey Look, I still remember. I'm 46 years old. It's 25 years ago. And I still remember when Razor tested me before a game and I responded with my first NHL win against the Dallas Stars. So oh, there you go. along the lines of when we were young, the youth again. So Benson yes. on the Sabres still not active in lines today. Matt Savoy on conditioning loan, expected to get up to six games here in the next two weeks in Rochester yes. before a decision to come back, go somewhere else, i.e. junior. Does he jump ahead of Benson? Do the Sabres need to even consider tweaking anything at this point based on the fact they've won three of their last five? And or, in reality, at this moment, are Benson, Savoy, like who's ahead on the depth chart among the kids right now? Is it Yuri Kulik, who is tied for the AHL leading goals, Tied for second in AHL points. Is it Isaac Rosean tied with Kulik for points, which yeah. is tied for the team lead? Uh, is it, you know, insert name here? Like, but you have to give full props to Kulik and Rosean for following up on their excellent rookie seasons and the fact that they're still so young. They have to be in this, I think, continual conversation with Benson and Savoy. Well, first of all, I think that. 
what the Sabres do over the next 10 days in their win-loss and if they stay healthy or how the players respond Mm -hmm. is going to be the trigger for any of those conversations to be had as to who gets called up. Like, there's no need right now to call anybody up. You've got three extra healthy body. Benson... Bryson and Levi, although Levi is not skating this morning, but you've got your three extra bodies. Now, could there be a decision on Benson at some point? If he's, you know, not playing regularly, what, what, what are you doing? How does that benefit him compared to going back to juniors? And that will be in line with probably Matt Savoy's conditioning stint in Rochester nearing the end because yeah. There's no, um, there, there's no deadline on Yuri Kulik getting called up this year. There's no deadline on Isaac Roseanne getting called up or anybody else getting called up because it could be in December, in January, whenever the need is. Mm-hmm. There may be this deadline with Matt Savoy because his conditioning stint is going to expire. And at that moment, you're going to have to say, okay, what do we do with Savoy? The Sabres will, you know, evaluate Savoy and Rochester and see. Is he better suited to go back to junior? Is he better suited to have some time in Buffalo? Where is the best path? So there's no deadline on him either because you can keep him around for months and not exhaust the nine games. Well, so that's, but, but you're going to need to have him for a roster spot. He can't stay in Rochester. No, that was all with this the, time. I, yeah. sorry. I thought you made it clear that that was based on the assumption that when Savoy comes back, if they've exhausted their thought process on Benson by that point, yes, then yes. that would be a logical. Re- no. That's not, this is just throwing stuff out there. Yes. <laughs> These are all possibilities. This is not predictionary. This is not uh reality that. We well, I'll tell of. you another possibility, yeah. like quickly, to be honest with you, at some point now, when it will have been seven days where Devin Levi is not on the ice and not participating in practice and not dressing, you can put a player on mm-hmm. IR retrospective of like when the injury first happened and that will free your roster spot. Now or, it doesn't. And, and, or if in this absence of Levi, you're happy with the other two and you've had communication with Levi and you feel like it's his, in his best interest to get repetition in Rochester, he's the flexible goaltender from a waiver standpoint, and it's not a conditioning stand. Have to worry stand. about moving yeah. back and forth. It's so not a conditioning is- stand. It's just a hey, go play some games and we'll see. But I'm just saying, yeah. there's a roster spot that could be freed up yeah. in just a couple of days now um, to say, well, you know what? We have a roster spot. We have to evaluate Matt Savoy. We have to make a decision. And I personally, for me, I would mm-hmm. think that the logical process with Savoy. Right now, he's only played one game in the AHL, but the process is do your conditioning, come to Buffalo, take part of maybe a few practice, get a game or two, and then we'll continue to evaluate, and then we'll decide. But like you said, that could be a process that will take you past American Thanksgiving, like into December. You don't have to rush the games. If you have the roster flexibility and you don't have to utilize the full 23-man roster because – of either injuries or any other, uh, you know, kind of road bumps that come in at any moment, you can just wait it out and just let it, let it develop on its own. Speed bumps. Road bumps. They're speed bumps, but when I speed over them, they're just road bumps. They're also called humps <laughs> in humps. some places. Yeah. They're called humps. And, and, yeah. Okay. And <laughs> did you know 
or did you realize what you just said? And I bring this up only because you are of U.S. citizenship. U.S. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Did, did you feel a need to clarify that there? Because like Canadian Thanksgiving is already well in the rear view. So like I feel <laughs> that I have said many times to hockey people, yes. you know, like, hey, uh, well, we'll see by Thanksgiving. And they're like Canadian or U.S. Like uh, because a lot of hockey people have the the, the difference in between. Yeah. And now that my son is in Canada playing junior hockey. Oh, you're double dipping again. Good for you. He refers to, oh, we have Thanksgiving weekend. And I'm like. Oh yeah, that's right. That was like two weeks ago. That was Thanksgiving weekend in Canada. So I just like to just be correct on my terminology. And you were, and I'm just <laughs> picking at you. Like you pick at leftovers on both Thanksgivings. So all this being said, it is worthy of noting that in the Amherst win last night, they did sustain at least one injury. And that was Victor Noichev, who uh, was... Hit very on, early on in the neutral zone, suffered an upper body injury. Um, he looked like he was dinged up pretty hard. He, um, he was reaching for a neutral zone pass. So he got in a, in a tough spot as far as the level of where his head was. And I would say, thankfully, Casey Fitzgerald didn't compound the situation, but he did hit him and yeah. they called illegal check to the head. I don't think there was much Fitzgerald could have done other than maybe avoid contact completely, but I don't see how he could have, quite frankly, because it all just happened so quick. Anyway, uh, Neuchev didn't play after that. Uh, right. The Emmerichs did capitalize on the power play. That's when Savoy got his first point setting mm -hmm. up uh, Michael Mersch. So Neuchev is out, and um, you know they were already missing uh, Weisbach week to week. Mm -hmm. uh, Byro's getting closer. So these are things to, and there were just a couple of moments last night where I was looking at guys going, eh, you know, tough, tough moments and whether they shake them off and get right back in the lineup this weekend, we'll see. But it's, um, I hate to say it this way, but they do still have so many extra players right that's, now. That's what I was going to say. That they're okay. Um, but you don't want this trend to continue, but it all kind of ties in with, uh, opportunity, uh, being presented to these guys that we led the show with, um, and I, honestly, I thought Kozak and, and Cedarquist in their roles last night were really good. But you know what Seth Appert did that was, I thought, really interesting? Uh, Neuchev played only maybe a couple of minutes mm -hmm. before the injury. Seth, penalties notwithstanding, Seth kept all the lines intact. He simply double-shifted Rusek the entire game. And it was unreal. I thought it actually took a while for Rusek to really start looking like his best self. But then once he got in the rhythm, he was a really big part of the third period. And I just thought, wow, this is really great because you had the captain back. So Mercy Ops and Murray were a very familiar and very effective group. Um, you were trying to keep consistency for Savoy in his first game, even though they were all unfamiliar. He, he wanted to see them work through it. Um, and he felt that his quote after the coach's quote was that they gave a very honest effort, meaning they didn't try to cheat the game. And, and then we just saw Rusek continue to bounce through the game playing with Kozak and Cedarquist and Richards and Kisikov. And, uh, I don't know. It was impressive. It's very, we've seen uh, that before, like he leans on Rusek a lot. And I guess this is my long winded way of saying, let's not forget about Lucas Rusek because yeah. before we knew a damn thing about anything heading into free agency. There were a lot of people talking about Lucas Rusek as a 
potential, you know, 13, Jack four, Quinn. Whatever. Yeah. 13, you know, four Jack team. Quinn replacement, so, Kulik, Roseanne Benson yeah. came in and surprised everybody. Now it's very youth hockey, like what you described as let's keep all the lines together. We'll just use one player. That's going to play line one, skip mm -hmm. line two, play line three, skip line four, go back with your line one line. And I, I, I think people that are coaching youth hockey right now, um, that have that, that issue often that they don't have four lines or they don't even have three lines. They may have two lines plus two. Sometimes they even have two lines plus one and you got to make it work. You do a rotation on the wing or rotation in the middle. Um, if you can keep that going, what it does is it gives you consistency is that you don't have all the lines in the shamble and the bench knows what is going on. Who's up? Who's going? You don't have to always yell out three different players. You can say Kulik's line and everybody knows that's a line. And you can say Rusek, you go with that line. Everything is, is really under control. So um, way to go for the coaching staff to uh, dip into their youth hockey experience to be able to just say, let's try to double shift somebody and see if yeah. he can hang on. And, and Rusek did. I look at it more as this is something that the coach has done ever since Rusek got healthy in his first year after missing missing almost the entirety of the year yeah. with a knee injury. I well, think of Tampa like uh, last year going 11 forwards a lot. And why? Yep. Because they wanted Kucherov to yep. basically play on two lines, mm -hmm. right? And say that allows Kucherov to be on the ice more often. Yep. Um, yep. You can take that advantage, um, but they didn't have 11 and 7. They had 12 and 6 and then obviously went down to 11 up front. Okay, Darren Dreger at the bottom of the hour. Good time for him to come on. The NHL has acknowledged Shane Pinto's 41-game suspension uh, for violation of uh, league's gambling policy. So Darren's going to dive into that. Pinto, of course, unsigned with the Ottawa Senators right now. And uh, obviously, there was one game in the NHL last night. The Devils, who is Buffalo's next opponent tomorrow, uh, stubbed their toe badly after recovering from a 3-0 deficit, took the lead. Jack Hughes had three more points, but then they ended up losing the game, allowing Hunter Shepard and Merck Killer to get his first NHL win in his first mm -hmm. NHL start. So, yeah, that's noteworthy, certainly from the league standpoint, and we can dive in a little further. But as it pertains to the Sabres and the Emmerich's discussion from last night, what is really relevant here? What is necessary, if anything, in your opinion, for the Sabres going into this Devils game, it looks like there's consistency in the top couple of lines. It looks like Jost is coming back in for Benson, but we don't know that 100% just yet. Like, do you just manage very carefully and methodically progress here with this group after, despite all of our discussion about the young players and their potential right now? Well, I think what you're trying to build is exactly what you said, consistency when it comes to at least your Ford group now for a few games. So you're going to keep Tage Thompson with Cousins and Greenway. Ultimately, and man, did we ever have that conversation all the time when it came to the center? I mean, when it was, I'm sorry to go back in time, but it was Eichel, O'Reilly, Reinhardt. Like we want three centers and then Reinhardt's on the wing and whatnot. Well, ultimately, I think Dylan Cousins should be in the middle of the ice, but mm -hmm. you don't want to change that now. There's no need for it. Let's build some consistency. And the best laid out plans don't always work out. Like, yeah, okay. Tage Thompson moving him from the wing to center worked out. They talked about it in the summer and they said, let's do it. And two years ago, boom, it happened. Great. It worked out. But right now, maybe you had the best laid out plans 
and you found something different that works. So I would not play around with it. I think that the middle stat Skinner and Tuck line has had their really good moments and they continue. And I think with Alex Tuck, he played better last game and he seems to be feeling himself more. So I think that's important. So no, you're not messing around with the top nine. You're just going to continue to, uh, to roll that and find some consistency in, uh, in, in what their roles are and their production will be. How valuable was Jack Quinn to the third ranked offense last year? I ask my question, uh, that question to myself all the time because I'm thinking, how can a first year player mm-hmm. be that valuable? And there's remember moments that, where we didn't see crazy, Jack Quinn a whole lot. Remember that crazy stat you had on Jack Quinn and his puck retrievals in his own zone? Yes. And zone exits? Yes. It blew everybody else out of the water. And, and, what, and is, what is an area that has hampered them? The transition hasn't looked exactly like it did last. You need your board battle discussion from the other night. Yeah, It can be in all zones, but it can definitely be in your own zone, right? To, to win and get going. And I think Quinn did a lot more than what people might recognize statistically on him. Duffer, notice what I'm doing right now. I got my pad and my pen, and I'm going to write... Color? What color are you using? I'm using blue. Puck okay. retrieval from this year compared to last year. And I'm going to compare that. And then I'm going to have some numbers for you tomorrow because I want to know if that is an area. I didn't go back to look at it, but I want to know if that is an area that's suffering this year. When you look at loose puck retrieval in the defensive zone, especially to be able to jumpstart some offense. But when I look at Jack Quinn, I thought, number one, again, it gave you consistency and stability in the lines because you had your lines built, right? And what did we talk? We talked about Quinn, Paterka, and Cousins being really the second line. Buying Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner. And you had consistency. You need to have two lines that have a uh, a threat to score, that can control the play, and that's what makes a difference. And right now, the Sabres somehow, but putting the line in the blender and changing everything and the emergence of Jordan Greenway. No, that's exactly opposite of what Don said the other day. He said they didn't put it in a blender because they went back to what was familiar to them last year at the end of the season. So I don't think I think the blender is is not the right word there. The the blender is more a term when they're like, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to press the button and we'll see what comes out. Right. Um, Me on the Lotto app every week. Exactly. Just my two dollar ticket. So I'm using the term in a blender because lots of pieces were moved around. Like you can make things in a blender and it's very tasty. It doesn't mean that it's like uh, going to come out green, slimy juice that tastes bad. Right. So um, I'm looking at it and saying with the changes in the lines and moving parts and Dylan Cousins was never suited to play right wing. I don't think so, but it works. It did on a gold medal winning world junior team. Well, for Canada. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Or was that but the then- silver? Uh, I don't remember if he won. Either way, he was pretty darn good on the wing. And that's when he established himself as a net front presence, which was something unique to him at the time, too. Yeah, but at the World Championship, he was playing center, right? No, I was talking World Junior. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying at the World Championship, when we talked about the emergence of Dylan Cousins at the World Championship, it was at center. So, but I'm looking at this as, okay, you've now found your, your, your consistency in two lines that will give you, you know, above... 50% 50% of expected goals for above expe- uh, regularly. Sometimes it's not going to happen, but you're, you're consistently getting that. 
Uh, for me, that was important to find. And it, more than who was going to feel for Jack Quinn on that line, it was, and maybe I didn't voice that earlier, is, okay, how can the Sabres find their two lines, their top six that are going to get going? And yeah. now they found it by moving pieces around. Yeah, it's interesting, but I'm feeling very <laughs> nostalgic, which sounds very strange about a very young player. But boy, that highlight reel package of Jack Quinn that we just aired reminded us of how many rush chances we saw him involved in. and. Obviously, it wasn't like they cashed in on all of them, but it does change the tempo and flow of a game when you're constantly in that, uh, you know, progressive mindset offensively. And Quinn was a really big part of it last year. So hopefully Jackets back sooner than anticipated. And the Sabres are hoping that they continue to win not only in black and red, blue and gold. They need that tomorrow night in New Jersey, but black and red happens for hockey Halloween this Sunday at Key Bank Center, October 29th. Abs are in town, 1 p.m. start, Halloween-themed activations in the concourse pregame. First 5,000 fans receive a pack of black and red player cards, and I think we'll be sporting a nice look for that day as well. So make sure you tune into pregame coverage at 1230. Get your tickets now at sabers.com slash tickets. Darren Dreger on a lengthy NHL suspension among NHL headlines next on Sabres Live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.